Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you kind of pre-recorded, not really fully live again because Brian is still out of the country. But if you didn't catch this interview, then it's new to you. So it's chill. It all works out. For this episode, we're talking with Brian from A Day Without Love. And yes, there's so many Brian's, but it's okay. It all works out in the end. We talk about community, the DIY scene, penguins, and also shout out to Brian from A Day Without Love for sending me a really good sponsorship email. Um, it's going to help uh, your girl out with reaching out for the podcast. And we love that. Also, a big thank you to everybody who came out to our DJ after party after the Action Adventures show. It was such a rad and fun time. And Manny of Action Adventure requested Venga Bus. And um, I did play it. And then I was promptly shut up because everyone needed to go home, which is very fair and valid. Our next one we have coming up, we will be over at Emo Night LA this upcoming Friday. Per usual, Brian and I will be DJing downstairs sub T. There will still be upstairs, but we will be doing some deep cuts and B-sides for straight by vibes. And I feel like I live there now. I live at sub T. Isn't that crazy? Otherwise, we will be back for our Rebel and Rye nights as well. We're just waiting on a date, but it's going to be um, a little bit of a mic camp thing. So I know you're going to want to go. We'll update you with more info with that soon. But also, while we are here, make sure that you go follow us over on our social medias, TikTok at X, Emo Social Club X, same thing on Twitter, and at Emo Social Club on Instagram. Big shout out as well. It's been a really fun week uh, leading up to everything of to Biz3. We super appreciate them reaching out and letting us go see the horror show at Sub T. I'll have a TikTok recap. But guys, I, I've seen a lot of fucking shows before. And this is like a top five, one of the best shows. It is horror, punk, rap. I cannot recommend it enough. You have to go listen and check them out. Okay, I'm still tired. I didn't get back home till like 5 a.m. after the gig. And I'm recording this uh, still later at night. And I am just tired. So we're just going to jump right into this episode with Brian of A Day Without Love. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from emosocialclub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening on a special Monday episode with our new friend, another Brian, Brian Walker of A Day Without Love. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just having a nice day. Uh, Going to talk emo stuff with Emo Social Clubs. So yeah. Hell yeah. The most emo of stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about your band. I know uh, we found you through, uh, through Instagram and through Twitter and through all the, the socials, but... Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and a day without love. Sure. So a day without love is me. Uh, it, it's my project. Uh, sometimes I play it as a three piece. Sometimes I play it as a four piece. Uh, most of the time I play it solo. Um, I started it out of a poem I wrote uh, in 2008, but I started it. I actually started a project officially in 2013 um, because in 2008 I was writing this book called. Uh, 365 of being alive you can't google it it never happened because the hard drive crashed but um the poem was called a day without love because i stopped yeah uh because i stopped um a spousal abuse incident uh in college and you know the person went to jail the, the the abuser things like that and i wrote about that and then flash forward to 2012 uh, i was in a band uh playing like pop music and it was just like a Long Island local band that really like didn't do do too much. And then Hurricane Sandy happened and um, I got homeless because I wasn't able to live in my house. And I was like couch surfing and, and bench surfing. And uh, I remember I was like singing on this bench and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take those words a day without love and make this my music. And it's going to be about rising above your own adversity and, and struggles through my own lens, whether they'll be my own stories or stories from other things I've, ex I've experienced like close to me. And, um, I recorded Island on Island was like my first studio EP with my friend Jake Detweiler. And then like 2013 to like 
14 slash 15, I was just playing as a full band, playing in basements in Philly. In 2015, things changed for me. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to the DIY label slash touring route. And then 2015, the current, uh, minus the two years of uncertainty, um, I've just been touring, streaming, gigging, and then things. That was the nicest way I've ever heard anyone describe the pandemic at all. Yeah. (laughs) The two years of, you know, uncertainty. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to be like Family Guy, as cringy as a show that is, and and be like, it never happened. Like, you know, that Berlin Wall episode. Sure. Um, But I definitely recognize it happened. But like, (laughs) I think we all kind of took a collective pause on what we're used to doing. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. In certain places, <laughs> we definitely paused, but uh, it also is like it's uncertainty, but it's also like I, I for a lot of musicians we've talked to, it's been a bit of a reset of like you get that time to yourself to kind of figure out what uh, what you want to do, what your your passions are, what what drives you and like you can kind of try new things. And it's not like you're uh, you're not selling tickets to the show because there's no show. So you can just kind of <laughs> yeah. hang out and and figure it out (laughs) no 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 completely and like for me i uh digitally put out a documentary like doing soft screenings with uh a videographer and i wrote a book um i put out 13 like short eps and and collabs and um i i worked on an album and took vocal lessons yeah that was just during the pandemic yeah during the past two years yeah okay you you that's that too was much very stuff. productive, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's leveling up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to need I you mean, to leave some books for the rest of us to write. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I won't lie. It was my trauma response. Like, I, I know a lot of us hide during trauma. I kind of rise to the occasion because, like, a lot of people are, like, fight or flight. I'm kind of more of a fighter. Like, before doing music, I did martial arts. Uh, I used to teach, like, self-defense lessons and things like that. So, like... The worse things get, the more productive I get. And that's kind of like a big reason why I'm in therapy because life shouldn't be that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzie's like, I see myself in this story. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for some new music? The club has your back with our bangers only picks of the week. There's a lot of inks with Driving Underwater. And they have their new single, Angry, to showcase that for you. Mint Green just wants to be heard with their new song, What I'm Feeling. And I don't want to hear it. And Legends and Marosa are back with new music, but it has an 80s pop twinge to it. And you can hear that in their new song, Preach. If you like what you hear, make sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Bangers Only, to keep up to date with the hottest tunes. So with that, you again, like you kind of mentioned, you started doing some like online content and one of them was Safe and Sound, Safe X Sound, um, this kind of film series you did. And can you just go a little bit more into it? I just feel like the premise of it is really interesting. Surely. So uh, in 2019, um, actually, this goes back to 2018. So 2018, I did a photo shoot with this uh, photographer named Brianna. And I just said like, and Brianna was like, I've always wanted to uh make a documentary of a band and i was like well i'm not a band but i do tour like a lot um i would love to do a documentary with you um just covering culture and and music and i was just like just shoot it i'll do the interviews i'll take it from there and then um we noticed like a common theme of like conversations on diversity inclusion and and you know safety and, and consent and, you know, Brianna hired someone to, like, make a script out of just all the audio. And then she edited it. I scored it. 
and um, I'm the main character of the documentary. And we did a series of pilot screenings in 2021. Uh, and now it's like in the festival circuit, uh, gracefully getting rejected, unfortunately. And um, it's going to go public like once all the festivals say, all right, you're not Sundance material. And uh, which I never wanted that, that that ever be. I just wanted to be something about, you know, <laughs> Listen, DIY we experiences. Could bully, if we all bully Sundance, they have to let you in. Uh, that is true. You know, like all thousands of email <laughs> tweets. <on it>. Yeah, <laughs> that would be wild. That would be very wild. I wouldn't even know what to say to Dear that. Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so that's what happened. And, you know, it was a good response. And yeah, the film will be pretty accessible in a few months uh, just via YouTube. Yeah. Cool. It's like I, literally just looking at everything you've done like in your time of being a musician, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this is so much stuff, so much content and so much like interesting things. So I'm, I'm sure over the next little while, I'm just going to keep being like, how do you do all this stuff and how do you Actually, make it all happen? I, we uh, could, we're going to keep talking about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, well, let's, let's also mention why we have you on for, for tonight, for this episode, uh, because you have a new single coming out on mm-hmm. April 29th called show friends. Yep. Uh, is it, is it show friends? Like, Hey, these are my friends. Or is it friends like, oh, I go to a show and these are all the friends from the show or both. it's actually both. It's both. <laughs> it's both. So like, oh, okay. <laughs> to give more context than the tie okay. the documentary in, um, the, the record that I wrote uh, with Kitsy uh, and, and like literally 12 other people uh, is called A Stranger That You Met Before. And the concept came out of the documentary and that specific tour that I created called the Storytellers Tour because I wanted to make a like a record that was multi-genre, but it was multi-genre based on the styles of musicians that I tend to play with when I'm on tour or like when I play like locally. And um, I also thought the title was about what is a friend? It's a person that you met before that feels more familiar. So a stranger that you met before. But the title Show Friends is about me meeting people, but also hoping for this more inclusive world um, as like an African-American creator who's like exploring all these different spaces across the U.S. It is both. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, I, I like went long. I did my bad. No, 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 please. Uh, and it's it's just one of those things where I'm like, I really don't like asking about like names of stuff. And it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it just is what it is. And the song is what it is. And, you know, we're we're from the emo scene. So sometimes titles are just long sentences and they don't actually have anything so to do true. with the song itself. So sometimes you're like, I don't know if it's about show friends or it's just like, hey, yeah, show friends. Like, look at my friend, like Jim Carrey meme. Like, look at my <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where I keep. This is where I keep my friends if I had yeah. any. No, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Uh, and, and I'm going to ask a question here because it really confused me when somebody wrote it in our Instagram asking for some questions. So we won't do all of these right now. We'll do some a little bit later. But sure. one thing I'm going to ask is what your favorite thing is about Texas, since we're talking about touring and house shows. Let <laughs> me want okay. to know what your favorite thing so, about Texas is. I'm going to say two things because like Texas is very politically like not emo uh, for lack of a better word. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you, <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you their barbecue really fucking slaps and it's just a shame how many conservatives are there, mm. but their barbecue is like amazing. And my brother lives there. Um, and my brother's not one of those conservative people at all. He's a very, very cool dude. As with my sister-in-law, um, Krista and Fred, they're like very good people. And, you know, I spent time with them for Thanksgiving and I had some life-changing barbecue. And I also can owe Texas to South by Southwest, Austin, <laughs> probably the most progressive city in Texas. And, you know, the music community really welcomed me and, and um, with war- arms wide open. Damn, did I really just quote Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, sir, yeah. that was Creed. Oh, Brian kept trying to play Creed last night at our DJ set. I didn't try no. to. I said I could play Creed. As I scrolled past it, I was like, Yeah, I and I said, Listen, this. we got to build up to it if we want to play Creed at this emo night. Oh, uh, so hard to build up to Creed, though. Yeah, <laughs> I got. 
We don't have it's that kind of time. actually just playing some Buck Cherry in the background and just full oh, set. Wow. Ooh, yeah, no, we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> it must have been your brother then, because uh, the name is Fred of the person who uh, yeah. who asked that question. So yeah, must have been your brother who was asking that one. So yeah. shout out for uh, for you know the barbecue and the being an emo in the state that wants you to not be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about a little bit of your podcast because I first started to see people on Twitter interact with you. And I was like, oh, that's a cool premise. So it's called Dreams, Not Memes, which mm -hmm. I think is great. Um, but you basically want to talk to a lot of people. That is pretty. And it sounds pretty similar to like the premise of your film that you have. So what kind of jump started this? Or did it all kind of like intertwine together? And how are the uh, thousand interviews going? So... Um... A lot of interviews in Africa are being scheduled right now. Literally, someone from Nigeria uh, emailed me this morning. I'm just trying to work out timing. Uh, and Africa is pretty hard with time and scheduling, as well as Asia. So, like, I'm trying to get most of Africa and Asia covered. Um, I, like, slowed down on my release schedule because I used to release five days a week. Uh, and then therapy told me, you should sleep. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. <laughs> but, um... Silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's going well. I mean, I might interview. I might edit an interview tonight or later this week uh, with some local folks from Philadelphia. But um, no, I I'm thankful. I mean, I would love like sponsorships and all that other blah blah blah. But like, uh, I'm at 325 interviews. Um, most of them are anywhere between 25 to an hour and a half long. Uh, I've learned a lot, and you know. The podcast was born out of touring, not the documentary. The podcast has actually has nothing to do with the documentary at all. Um, and it came out of the fact that like I used to YouTube people that I met on tour, whether it was like someone on the street, um, it was kind of like man on the street type of interviews, except not cringy in the sense of like me asking like very inappropriate questions like you see on TikTok. It was more like, hey, tell me why you mm -hmm. do what you do. And, you know, we connected because of pizza or a show or whatever it might be. And I wanted to turn to a podcast because my friend Brandon came up with this idea of like, you know, you're not just a storyteller musician. You're someone that wants people to show a little bit more of themselves. So I thought to myself after watching a Snoop Dogg podcast, like, how can I do that for the everyday person as opposed to like only interviewing celebrities, which is like what happens a lot. So I wanted to make this podcast where I make it completely global and interview a thousand people from all 194 countries, at least one person from every one of them. And uh, it's been very interesting. I definitely am aware certain countries are going to be like hard just with ongoing current events. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get anyone from Ukraine, but I have interviewed Ukrainians, if that makes any sense. Um, or like, I don't know how I'm going to get someone from North Korea, mm -hmm. but I'm aware that some people from North Korea escape North Korea. So stuff like that. But uh, it's been a process. Wow. I can't even imagine the, uh, the logistics of all of that. <laughs> so far, it's been word of mouth. Um, like a friend knows a friend who knows a friend and it just keeps going. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Wow. It's like when building like a network for like playing shows with bands and like getting on gigs and getting uh, venues out of state or like having somewhere to like, you know, crash before you drive to the next city the next morning. It's like that. But you're like, I just want to know about you and I want you to talk to me on my podcast. And I know that you're currently in in Asia. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually happened. Like, it, it definitely, it's not an ego trip, but it definitely blows my mind that there are people who woke up at four or five in the morning just to talk to me for like 45 minutes and also know that it's going to get views. Cause, like, you know, uh, I don't have like a big podcast, but like, just to know that that person knows it's going to get them some American listeners, which it does, or like people from other places, like, it's been pretty cool. Now, where are a couple that you have had so far? So you already said like like Asia, Nigeria. What's mm -hmm. one that like maybe stands out so far? They're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's different. Um, I got to talk to people from Micronesia and like the islands associated with Micronesia, like Guam, uh, you know, uh, Eritrea, 
uh, things like that. Um, I also got to talk to someone who was about to spend three years in Antarctica. So that was really cool. Uh, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm like, that, no, that's a no choice. I mean, I would yeah. not do that. I mean, good for them. But I wouldn't that, either. That's a, that's I wouldn't, but we talked about it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. You're, you're so right. It is a choice. <laughs> you know, Fall Out Boy is the only band to play on Antarctica. Really? That might not be true anymore, but it was true. I was for about to say, I'm like, are you lying right now? <laughs> no, they they were. I'm going to have to look this up, uh, but I'm. they were... At the very least, the first band that did it. But I'm sure that by now other bands have been like, but what song we're was gonna it? Do that. it was a concert. And was it a for anybody? I don't know. I was about to say the polar bears. Yeah, yeah there are no I polar mean, bears in Antarctica. Lizzie. The penguins? There are penguins. See, the penguins, they have to have a good time too. <laughs> 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 they also uh, don't like mania. That's upsetting. That's honestly atrocious of those those little penguins. Okay, <laughs> I might be. Penguins. Are you wrong? Are you lying right now? <laughs> so there was a story that they were going to do it, and this was from 2008. So they were going to do it in in March or, or I think late March of 2008 and then there's an article that's like oh they had to cancel it because of bad weather and it's like it's antarctica All, do they have all good weather? Bad, bad weather yeah what that's crazy yeah i just go up there the penguins yeah. need it yeah so they they were doing it to uh to do it as a like world record thing of being the only band that's performed on every continent which like like awesome yeah. but also <laughs> Maybe it no. hasn't been done because no. you shouldn't do it. <laughs> Just four songs. Yeah, short set. set. <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not finding anything now that they actually have gone back to do it, but, you know, they wanted to. Upsetting that Diet Skeet Davison over here is wow. lying right now. We're going we're gonna to stop this. This is going <laughs> to stop now. <laughs> So, um, Brian, unlike Fallout Boy, you will be touring, maybe not every single continent, but you're touring soon um, within the next couple of weeks of this live stream. So you're doing just a small tour to start off. But you also said before we went live, you will be doing a U.S. tour. So can you tell us a little so, yeah, bit more um, about that? It's always been a dream of mine to, like, tour the the entire U.S. Um, and I know, like, given the break slash uncertainty of the pandemic, it's harder to do, but um, thankfully, I've been able to book the majority of the U.S. in various stints, and I have like a one-week stint across the U.S. for uh, Glacier Musical Fest in Wisconsin. So I'm doing like a full, well, not like a like a ten-day Midwest tour, like making a stop in Chicago and things like that, and uh, going to work my way back. Then I'm going to take a week break. I'm going to go to Aruba for my um, friend's wedding. Then from the end of June, um, all the way up till August, I'm going to do a full U.S. tour uh, minus New England because I'm going to do New England in the fall since I'm moving up there. And uh, I'm going to be promoting my two singles, Show Friends and Caffeine, uh, via Laugh Cuts, rack up a lot of emails, and then I'm going to drop the uh, record in the fall. So, yeah. And yeah, I booked this whole thing, and I still have a few more locations to do, like Omaha, Nebraska, but... Uh, I'm probably going to call the tour the teamwork tour because a lot of teamwork went into it. <laughs> I don't giving, know why uh, that was funny. Giving the yeah. credit to everybody else on the, uh, yeah. the building. Yeah. No, I mean, like, look, every tour is teamwork, but sometimes the artist is just like, hey, thanks, team. I'm yeah. going to go uh, be celebrated. Yeah. But it's like, no, it's, it's all of us. Yeah. Or this wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, the only band that has played on Antarctica is Metallica. Oh well. So they're the, the only band that has it. played. Uh, yeah, they've been uh, headbanging ever since. Wow. <laughs> oh man. This, yeah. So there absolutely. you go. So those penguins could could have been having a better time with Mania. I mean, I'm just saying. Look, 
if you want to play Antarctica, we have to be nice to the penguins now because penguins have a very strong network and they will hear it from the other penguins. It, it'll take longer because they can't fly, but they will hear about it and they will be like, you know, I heard that they were making fun of us for being penguins. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, nobody, nobody from the emo social club, whoever's been on, whoever's wow. trying to book a show in Antarctica, is going to get to play. Those penguins hate us. Penguin saying, hate. I saying, can't you got to be careful around the penguins. So, like, what do they do? They communicate with their <laughs> zoo penguins, their brethren in the zoos. Yeah, they have a strong uh, mafia-like network. <laughs> of I don't know if I like real. this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is Look, giving me like Despicable Ooh. Me vibes, but with penguins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I'm just thinking of that movie with the penguins that are like Madagascar penguins. Yeah, that's the one where they're like, <laughs> you didn't see anything. Oh boy. And it's like, yeah, that's the mafia. That's a penguin mafia. <laughs> the Antarctic <laughs> penguin mafia, by the way, great band name, and As I'm taking should. it, and I've called it right here. No one can have. It. <laughs> oh my god. So when will you be dropping uh, some of these tour dates that are more extensive? And who else are you bringing out on tour with you? Or is it just going to be you and some locals? Mostly it's me and some locals for the most part. Um, like I'm playing art spaces, beach houses, um, houses, uh, venues, the whole nine. And like I thought about bringing someone, but like at least local affiliate, I really don't know any bands that have the capacity or would want to like share the work involved with tour and that's not like a diss on my scene um it's just i don't i don't like i know a lot of people but i don't know anyone that's like willing to say like hey are you down to like help me book 43 dates you know and and, like make sure we both get paid like i just don't know anyone that's willing to do that (laughs) um like there's a lot of people that want to hop on but there's not too many people that are willing to like actually work together so that's why I did that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for the first leg, um, I'm probably going to announce that in the next one to two weeks, like right after Show Friends comes out. But for the second leg, like the much more extensive one, I'm probably going to drop that like before mid-May. That's... I also saw on your Twitter, too, that you yeah. posted about looking for PR, uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, companies to work with and how expensive mm-hmm. a lot of them are, which I feel like a lot of people don't talk about in general um so like and you've kind of been obviously doing a lot of this on your own diy and working with a lot of people what what kind of was like the breaking point of being like oh maybe i should try to hire like a pr person and then be like Mm-mm, so never mind um, silly you know pr companies have been trying to reach out to me like for years <clears throat> i even dated someone in pr um and i was just and she would tell me how much she charged her clients and i was like couldn't be me because i just look at it like from just a pure <laughs> numbers perspective like i'm just gonna keep it real i'm gonna keep it probably realer than anyone's ever gonna keep it real last year i made eighty two thousand dollars from my day job through music i made less than ten thousand dollars so i made almost a hundred thousand dollars my rent is nineteen hundred dollars a month with health care i have to pay six hundred dollars a month because of therapy and like other self-care maintenance so like if you do the math and then plus groceries and dating and all that stuff, where can I get $2,000 a month to make $2,000 a month, just strictly on streaming. I need <laughs> about 800,000 streams. Last time I checked, most emo bands aren't getting 800,000 streams a month. So then my other thing is like, look at the return on investment or return on, you know, ad spend or PR spend. So we call it Roper R O P R. Um, and we have to think, if you want $2,000 a month, are you guaranteeing me 800,000 streams or $2,000 in merch sales? No. So like, I didn't know what, like, what do you want me to do? Twerk on TikTok? Like, like make a sex tape? Like, I, I don't, I just really don't know. I like, I want the help, <laughs> but I just can't, I can't justify it. And I don't mean it to be rude. I don't mean it to be crazy. It's just more like, I can't justify it. And like th- today I got an email from someone who was like, you know, 
a friend sent show friends to me, which I don't know who that friend was. I mean, I did, I have been pushing show friends, but I just, Oh, someone leaked it. Yeah. Someone leaked it. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. And they go, uh, I really think I could put you in uh rolling stone. And I was like, cool. But at what cost? Because, you know, I've been hearing this for years, <laughs> 2000 a month, 10,000 a month. And it's like, 10,000 a month is $120,000 a year. And I was like, for me to do everything that I've done, like independently and afford $120,000, I gotta be making like 300, 400K, you know? And I'm just not there. And if I am, thank God, yeah. thank you for allowing me to afford 10K a month, but I, I, I don't know what to do. So I thought, <laughs> I'm just gonna bring this to Twitter and keep it real because I don't think enough people are being that blunt and honest because it needs to be discussed like is this the invisible glass that or the ceiling that none of us are discussing and uh i don't get it i think it really <laughs> like because mm -hmm. the thing is you can like submit and do your own type of placement as long as you're savvy enough and know how to like curate a press release reach out to people have a good social media presence i mean there are people who have gotten magazine placements who absolutely have no business being in public, <laughs> being in publications whatsoever. And like, you know, they probably pay somebody, but it doesn't mean there's other people who have made it in mm -hmm. publications who don't have that traditional PR backing or like that traditional management backing. It is really about just being like so visible and having that hustle and being like, you know, open about it on social sure. media is also the biggest thing too if you don't have that type that of representation. That was really helpful. I won't go to the extreme of the things I suggested earlier. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You I always you, like, you can uh, you can pitch and do whatever you really want. You just have to be very persistent and like I don't want to do that. I don't want to say harassing, but that's just a me thing cuz I'm great at harassing people. It's one of my entire degrees. Um but like it's it's kind of like being like really persistent and like True. showcasing that like you are reliable, you are like dependent, you're quick to respond, you are dependable and reliable, and like you're just like a a genuine person for the most part. That's how you'll start to kind of build your repertoire when it comes with wanting to get placements, whatever that may be, because that could just be like a Spotify placement. It could just be like an you know an article placement, or yeah, you could just like blow up on TikTok because you posted something. And then like Rolling Stone or AP will grab you and say like, okay, like, look, here's a feature. And then they're like, okay, True. that's it. The kids are talking about it. The kids like it. That's pretty much what they're governing now is what do the kids like? Because there's people in charge who don't understand what the kids like. So they're literally just going <laughs> online and saying, this true. looks that's, good yeah, vibes. True. Let's go with it. I work in that type of industry and that is literally what... <laughs> I think this is the, the biggest amount of gold that you I've ever been given in any interview. So thank you. I'm serious. I'm not kidding at all. It's only going up from here, brother. Oh, this is not fun as it goes down. Pulling out the water. Oh, no. We're back with another Spicy Takes. This time, it's a battle to the death with our friends OK Cool, a local indie emo Chicago band that we've had on the pod before, so we're stoked to have them back here doing some hot sauce challenges with us. As always, we're sponsored by our friend Soothsayer Hot Sauce, and you can get some of their hot sauces like the ones we featured here, like Decay, over on their site at SoothsayerHotSauce.com. To watch the full video, head on over to our YouTube, and while you're there, make sure to leave a comment, let us know whose spicy takes you want to hear next. Rate us and subscribe. Yeah. It's really like, like back in the day when I was doing music, it was like... I want management and the majority of that was because I was lazy and also because I felt like I was carrying like everybody in the band with me mm -hmm. and like trying to get everybody on the same page and be a leader. But it's like, I need a like that team aspect of it is just always going to be so much easier than trying to do it on your own with no, True. uh, no support at all. And I always thought like, man, if somebody is reaching out to you, like if you're getting contacted by people then you must be doing something right, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to work with them because True. now you know that you're getting noticed. If you're not getting mm. noticed, then that's the issue. And you got to work until somebody's like, yo, we, we see like 
we can monetize whatever you're doing. We'd love it if you like wanted to work with us and you go, that's awesome to hear. I don't, but thank you. And then you just keep doing what you're doing. DIY or die. Yeah, no, I, I like you this. Just gotta leverage it. This, this, this is gold. <laughs> yeah, True. this is also just open advice to anybody because, like, yeah, like is... I, we don't like. Listen, you do what you need to do. I am more than open to chat with people. I would. I used to do like PR and such like that, like on my own time. Mm. But I'm way too busy to do it on my own time anymore. Because I'm like, you know what? I get it. But um, like even us, we've like talked about like, do we need to get like somebody to help us with like PR or something? We're like. First of all, yeah, we can't we can't really afford that because it's a lot of money. But also it's like, do we really want to have that type of like not as much control? I'm also very like anal about like who I allow to respond to emails and when. Um, but I definitely True. understand where that all comes from. So it's just open advice. No, I, I love it because it's like operate. I want and I want that like Brooklyn vegan, even though I a lot of eat a lot of meat. You know, I want to be featured on that. I I, I want to be on pitch. <laughs> Listen, some of those yeah, bands are probably like, not even vegetarian or vegan. Okay, and make my just... great grandpa proud because he owned a farm. Like you know, I want those things. But I also don't want, you know, <laughs> uh, Alyssa Dickerson, that's a made up name if you're a real person, I'm sorry, emailing on my behalf because like some community wants me to sing to like an organization for like black literacy. Like I want to respond to that, you know, I don't want Alyssa doing it for me. Like I just want Alyssa mm -hmm. to like roll up the interview and gang gang, you know, that's, that's how I feel. So, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also usually you want, uh, Alyssa yeah. to like know the people to like get you in the door, which is usually you're just like hiring somebody who has an email list. And it's like, so if I just had your Rolodex, which for kids listening, that's like a contact list on your phone, but it's physical and it's a real tangible little rolling. I thought you said Rolex and I'm like, no, I know what you meant. A watch? Lizzie, Lizzie, I was talking, I was talking to a fake child that would be some, <laughs> for some reason, listening to this podcast, who's like, first, you're going to tell me that there's a VHS tape and what the hell is that? And now you're telling me that people used to have business cards in a little thing on their desk. And now you're like, wait, what is that, Brian? I mean, I carry our, my I carry our and mine business cards with us in my backpack. And I'm like, here you go. I'm like, that's it. That's all. I, that's that yeah, that's no. A Rolodex is something you would have. I hate that I'm explaining this to you. I thought for sure you and I were going to be on the same page. It's literally. Yeah. Thank you. It would sit on your desk and you would like it like you give a business card to somebody, they take yeah. your business card and they put it in the Rolodex. It's essentially like having your, your contacts on your phone. Is it like right? that little thing that you flip through and you're mm -hmm. like, like that? Yes. You know what? To reduce <sighs> it down to its most basic thing. Yeah. It's the little <laughs> thing that, that you that flip through. <laughs> I've seen it in like movies. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so upset. It's like, I usually feel like, Oh yeah, I, I remember when that record came out, and now it's like, oh yeah, I remember. I mean, Rolodex. I feel like this is this is the elder emo Take thread yourself. right here, you know. So I, yeah, I'm picking up. I'm picking up. Yeah, yeah. I'm picking up. What in you're that, in that, I'm the elder emo, and I keep trying to figure out where the like age line is between Lizzie and I, where it's like, what do I know that you are like? I've never heard of that before. There's and there's the line because I get grouped into the there upsetting. too because they're like you're 27, you're elder emo, and I'm like, are you sure? Because I got one right here, and it seems like we're not always on the same page with <laughs> with what happened during time. All I'm gonna breaks. say is, a lot it's of people me, think uh, I'm still in college. But I had a MySpace. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Hell yeah. I had a MySpace See? when I was 13 for six oh, months wow. before Facebook yeah. became a thing. Yeah. It's, it's nonsense. It's like, no, no. I had MySpace in Same. high school and college. And then my freshman, maybe junior year was actually when Facebook gotcha. came out. So just 
to give you reference. And it was when it was still only mm -hmm. available on college campuses. So email, yep. you had to have a college email in order to get Facebook. That is, uh, that is my age. Gotcha. <laughs> that is how old I am. I can't believe you just did the plot of the social network. <laughs> it's look, I watch it and then it's like there are people who just go online and they can just sign up for a Facebook account. It's like, no, I was well, in a know, world well, where you couldn't just do so that. So I was in my you senior had to be year in of college. high school when, when Facebook came out. And what was really funny is a lot of us would get accepted to the college that we wanted to get accepted to. And like, I don't know if they still do this, but they give you your college email before school even started. So what kids would do is they would get their, yeah. their dot edu yeah. email and they would go to like the high school library, log into Facebook and be like, I'm going to meet all these hot people via this Facebook group that I'm never going to meet. I'm just going to add them. <laughs> and then like freshman yeah. year, my roommate <laughs> literally had a, a shirt that said, you looked better on Facebook. I was like, that's rude. I'm not friends with him. Any yeah, I'm not friends oh with him. Oh my god! So I, I don't know. That's 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 the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's. I, I would not be surprised if there's something that's like that now. It's like you look better yeah. on Instagram or TikTok or Tinder yeah, or Hinge. Like is. I would not be yeah. surprised because we know how people yeah. are. Like, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Also, I know that he took it from. You looked better on MySpace. <laughs> exactly. Because I remember that shirt yeah, too. Exactly. It's generational, bestie. It's just. It's just all. A lot of craziness. I'm still not over the Rolodex thing. I'm really upset it's about okay. it. It's okay. You're like, oh, you out of all people. No, I don't know what it is. I never had my own business card until I made it. I had my own full-time job, and they didn't even give me business cards. True. I made my own. That's DIY. That's punk. Every band needs a business card. Every band. I don't need a Rolodex. I, I, I use Vistaprint whenever I print them. I use a uh, moo.com. Mm, I'll have to check out the moo. It's nice. It's nice. And because um, I teach, they don't know I'm a teacher. So I can just use the EDU email and get the 10% off. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> so with uh, more music coming out eventually, what is the sound that you're kind of going for? Um, this record is a mix of sounds. If I wanted to have like, the ideal band play this, it would probably be a four to seven piece. Uh, you know, budget minded, obviously a four piece. Um, but I really took a lot from, you know, mixed so much on this record. Like, I went from like, like Lee, I went from, you know, um, Elliot Smith, I, I did Lady Lamb. I used a lot of influences on this record. I even learned the banjo on this record. Shout out my banjo that took like nine months to get. It's it's over there. Um I took I got a vocal coach. <laughs> I, I learned the ukulele before even writing the record. So I don't want to waste time and like list every influence of every song, but like conceptually what I was trying to do is let me think about all the bands that I fit in or under because I'm very much a folk punk musician. But like I'm a folk punk musician that's like played with emo bands of Philly in the, in the Northeast. I'm also a folk punk musician who's like done features with rappers. So like I've even used the Beastie Boys as an influence in this record. Um, but I'm also like this guy that like has done rap features too. So I wanted to put all of those influences as a homage to all the people that made me feel like I had a musical home and then add my influences and put that all together. So like the record starts off with like this explosions in the sky style synth with a string part. And I have like vocals layering with like an influence from Bon Iver, but like the record ends with like, it's like 2008 emo style killers type of vibe. So that's kind of like what it is in my opinion. Like, it's not like I don't know what I'm doing. I definitely do. But I wanted to like make the record feel like a playlist because we're very much in the era of playlisting and, and playlists haven't died. And I thought to myself, instead of making a record that has a consistent sound, how can I make a record that 
like you know it's the same person but it feels like a playlist that you would have set up from 15 other um you know bands that you like and i added skits because i personally think diy is skit deprived i grew up listening to wu-tang clan and and a lot of and like you know their tribe called quest and stuff like that (laughs) And I feel like we need skits and diss tracks. So like I, I I diss people that hate tacos on this record, you know, because tacos have brought my, you know, because <laughs> tacos have brought my oh, like yeah. musical life to life, to be honest with you. And I did it with yeah. my, 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 my partner and, um, you know, my partner's not a musician and she sings on it. And I have a, a track about coffee because like, I've been sober for seven years, but I haven't given up caffeine because I like joy in my life, you know? So, yeah. I hope that answered the question. What do you think about, like, being a multi-genre? It does, it does, it does. Uh, Being multi-genre in 2022, I feel like, is a lot different than being multi-genre or or making music of all different kinds, but, but as it has been in the past, is, like, now people are just, like, sort of blending everything together and they love everything. And it is very like, like you said, a playlist. It's very much like I'm just putting together a playlist and I like all different types of music. And I just want to hear stuff that makes me happy or makes me feel nostalgic. Like, uh, what do you think about like being multi-genre now and like how people are, are kind of reacting to, to having all different types of music together? I think there's an intersection between, People that are being multi-genre because like their favorite musicians doing it, and then people acknowledging the fact that they can't put themselves in the box anymore, and they have to go like you know concept to concept. Because I think in the past it was like um, take Teen Suicide, like I can't remember that dude's name, but like. Like the singer of Teen Suicide has like seven side projects, or even Tyler the Creator has all these like side projects to be Tyler the Creator because there's Tyler the Creator, then he's like Wolf Haley, and then there's like Mellow Hype and all these other things. And it's like, I think monikers are definitely not dead, but I think a lot of multi uh, genre artists are thinking like, why reinvent myself and like, you know, be like, um, you know, Mazzy Star and all that stuff versus just having the same person but different umbrellas under different EPs and LPs. And that's kind of like how I see myself because like, you know, Comfort in the Bedroom was my COVID record, so to speak, which was like this electronic hip hop, but also folk record that was really trying to tell my story about how I hate the government for putting us in this situation. But instrumentally, I'm trying to find peace in it. You know, Mega John was my way of saying, what happens when I write 15 cell phone demos, send them to some friends and see what happens? You know, um, so it's just like, I'm always trying to experiment with myself, but I don't want to call each project like a different band name. Ain't nobody got time for that paperwork. At least I don't. But some people do. (laughs) And and that's kind of like how I'm... (laughs) where i'm coming from so i think in that way you show like you're more dimensional as like an artist in that way and because you're able to kind of play around and maybe even like i mean you kind of describe yourself as like a folk punk artist because everybody has to put themselves in some genre to get booked but if you're able to kind of flow like that that's kind of like i feel like what folk is in a sense like you have a lot of different instrumentation and it can blend and flow a lot like i mean when we think of folk punk, we probably think of like the front bottoms and they have a lot of different instrumentation in their music that could really relate to a lot of different areas within the musical genre, like spectrum. Mm -hmm. Sure. Very, very much true. I I like that. Yep. And then you also, um, aside from you just not having PR, like we kind of talked about, you are working with your mom records, which is based out here in Chicago so how did you kind of mm-hmm. link up with them and get started with working with them? Molly, yeah, Molly literally picked me up from the airport. Um, we first uh, got, like, you know, associated with each other via Twitter tweet uh, where we were talking about inclusion. I don't even remember what I say on Twitter half the time, 
So I'm very <laughs> impressed that you remember. <laughs> um, but like we had a Zoom conversation and um, I was hanging out with my friend Esther, who's a, someone I've collaborated with and will be collaborating with. And I just went to Chicago for fun. It was my first time going without playing a gig or whatever. And I was like, can anyone help me how to get from the airport to Southside? And Molly DMs me and goes, I could just give you a ride. <laughs> I was like, all right. And then when I finally G- GPS did, I was like, wow, that would have been a $70 like Uber, right? Um, or just like a long train ride. And then we talked and things like that. And then um, Molly told me like, hey, I have this concept project called Your Mom Records. And I would like to like, you know, do physical releases with you. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I've been on a label before and I trust you. So let's do the damn thing. <laughs> so that, that's as simple as it, it got. So yeah. Damn. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't pay me to pick somebody up from the airport. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's when you know that somebody is like, I like what you do. I'll, I'll come get you at the airport. Yeah. Yeah, you're a good enough musician that somebody will take time out of their day to pick you up at the airport. I think that's a high, a high praise level. That felt <laughs> great. Yeah, especially yeah. Um, yeah. at least O'Hare out here. That is the yeah, hot no, mess it, airport. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a hot mess airport. Yep. Yeah, couldn't pay me if it's I'm not related to you. It's just as hot mess as Philly. So <laughs> if yeah. I'm not related to you, if I'm not related to you, I'm not coming. I get scared driving up there, so I just simply yeah. will not. Unless like you're dying or something but i would hope you're not at an airport <laughs> i hope i just like be like all right what, what hospital oh, no. are putting your ass in let's go yeah yeah still a maybe true. for me hey everyone it's lizzie of the emo social club and it's a brand new year so maybe you want to update your drip and be the hottest and coolest looking kid all around the virtual web you can do this by picking up some emo social club merch and you can find it over on emosocialclub.com slash store. And with just an easy click, it can be in your cart and shipped right out to you so you can stunt on all of your friends this upcoming spring. Again, you can go and snag these items over at emosocialclub.com slash store. Let me ask a question from Instagram. <laughs> uh, this is from Taylor Kelly Music. Uh, and I like this question. What brings you the most joy? Oh, um, I'll be honest, just performing. Um, like, you know, there's no such thing as a musician that does just one thing because that's just not how the world works anymore. But if I could just do one thing like in life, other than, you know, eat, sleep, the, mm-hmm. the needs, um, shout out to Maslow. Um, <laughs> I think it would just be performing, you know, uh, I like playing with small crowds. I like playing to large crowds. I, that's what I like. You know, I, I think, you know, we're in the era of like, this person's a producer, honestly, fuck producing. Like I love producing. I respect it. But like, I don't like looking at layers and going like, Oh, the compression. No, (laughs) I I, want to just perform. No, like I know some people could be like, so I took a glue compressor and then and I and I looked at the the hertz and it was amazing. Like, no, nope, couldn't be me. I just like performing yeah. and talking. When your hertz are in alignment, <laughs> damn. Yeah, I have no, I have yeah, no idea. Listen, I don't, I don't pro- know any of that shit. As a radio producer, I don't even look at the hertz. I just go solely based on vibes and sound and hope it's the best. <laughs> And if somebody gets upset with me, I'll be like, why wasn't your original cut better then? Like, that sounds like a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm all about vibes and performing. Yeah. Uh, Let's ask one more question from Instagram. Uh, This one is from Molly of Your Mom Records. Malster Mash. Uh, What do you think the future of DIY looks like? And what's your biggest piece of advice for artists? Hmm. You know, thinking about like how I've booked a lot of this tour, um, I think the future of DIY is in virtual, virtual physical uh, collaboration. I just made up that word. I don't know it if that's a word now. Um, what I mean by that is like, like I played this show earlier this year 
with someone uh, who goes by the name of Folk Punk Dad, but their project is called that guy St. On Augustine's TikTok? Day. Was their 10 years sober anniversary? Yeah, yeah. Huh. He uh, shouted me out a couple times, and he. I'm moving to Western Mass, like with my girlfriend, and you know, just changing life, new songwriter stuff like that. And he happens to live 45 minutes away from where my girlfriend's family lives. And he was like, do you want to play this show? And I was like, as long as I can get like, you know, basic costs covered, sure, let's do it. And like, you know, we met at his home and we had this whole conversation. And now with this tour, we're using both of our networks to like play in a couple cities across this US tour because his route looks different than mine. But three dates like, well, yeah, three dates intersect, you know? and. I feel like the future of DIY is going to look like that, where you're going to meet people either via TikTok or via YouTube or via podcast or Twitter. And it's not so much like internet forums of, of the Facebook days or groups where it's like, I know you from a distance. It's more going to be like, I like what you're doing. Can you send me that guitar riff or that piano part so I could do something? I like what you're doing. Um, do you need a place to stay when you play this state, et cetera, et cetera? Cause like, I'm just thinking about a lot of my shows pre-tour, like I'm playing with Ashley, Virginia. And that only happened because I used to have an open mic series on Instagram. And a lot of people from TikTok came to that open mic series. And that was during a time no one could play. Um, the show that I'm playing in Baltimore, like this upcoming Wednesday, that's a person. Well, no, that's an organic connection. That's a lie. I'm sorry. But <laughs> my show um in dc that's both a TikTok connection as well as an in-person connection because cinema hearts also known as caroline weinroth um found me via TikTok, but little did i know was bff with someone i had been gigging with for years you know so my whole point here is like i think the future of diy is going to be more interconnectedness and like instead of seven degrees from kevin bacon we're going to be more like one or two degrees of of, okay. of bacon wait <clears throat> kids don't know who kevin bacon is i do but you guys i love do, so you know me what and I mean. my best friend yeah. watch oh, the God. following so we can watch kevin bacon yeah. cry in the shower and and rate it because it's very <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah yeah and and, uh, and i mean just to like put things into further Oh my God, that was funny. I just realized what you really said. Um, <laughs> but to put things into perspective, one of the track singles that I recorded for a project, um, my friend Sam, she she was the first person to ever tell me like, hey, you should collaborate with people. And she gave me an opportunity to collaborate. She just became Grammy Award winning because she did vocal engineering for oh, Jasmine wow. Sullivan. And, you know, I'm not doing that to humble brag. I'm doing that to, like, illustrate someone that I worked with is now won a Grammy and, like, I'm still in contact with them. And now people could be like, all right, I'm one degree of separation from this. And I could learn from, like, what they did to get to where they're at. Or, like, I've worked with Barty Strange. Barty's is the first person that got me, like, an actually successful New York show. And, like, granted, we're not in touch because of schedules. But the point is, like, we're still in touch with each other. But that all happened because of the internet. You got what I'm saying? So it's just, like, I think because of the pandemic, because of, like, the way we connect or communicate with each other, we're just going to be living in this world of interconnectedness, which hopefully leads to more collaboration and empathy and, and, and you know, clapping. I feel like it's only natural and like for, for it to go that way because that's just how you meet people in general instead of like going out because mm -hmm. I know that I've met people for the first time over the last like five years even that I've only met online and we could still live mm -hmm. in like the Chicagoland area and I could never meet them. This happened when um I went to House of Blues one night. Um, one of our friends was uh, DJing there and they invited me and I met their photographer and we've been mutuals for five years on the internet and she lives between Ohio and here. Now she's in Chicago and I never met her in person until like a month ago. And I just think it's so wow. wild and like 
it's just so needed to do it which what comes back to you know yeah. internet is a basic need so <laughs> there's that too mm -hmm. um just so you can kind of like develop yourself as a person it within you know whatever oh, I, work I, I i completely agree with that um and and I, and I like that story because it kind of like goes to why I wrote Show Friends. Um, I wrote that song because I, I realized the more I toured, the more I met people from the internet or people that had been following me and said things to me like, I feel like I've been your friend forever just from following you. <laughs> and at first it creeped me out. And then as time went on, I embraced it because of exactly what you said, like we have these interconnected like relationships with people that make us feel like we're part of a chosen family. And it's like, from like hanging out with Allie in a Denny's in, in Ohio, Allie, if you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about to eating string in Chinatown, Chicago with my friend, Matt, who I know from high school, you know, being able to talk to people about what, you know, they've been up to with their passions. Cause like Matt is a videographer, um, kind of like glues all the, 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 the funny, cool things about life together. And, and yeah, I, I like that you said that. Now, when you went to strings, did you also do the, the spicy challenge oh like I did? And then you, were you also boo boo the fool? Like I was and hurt myself oh doing it. Let's go. Boy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I cried. My boy. friend literally oh, was yeah. filming yeah, me and Snapchatting it to our group chat. Like, look what this idiot did. And I'm like, I just wanted to be I yeah, just wanted hot. the spice. And she was like, You sit there and eat it all and you you think about it. <laughs> no, that that's that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chance to toss out all of your plugs where everybody can find you and uh, get all the information about the upcoming shows and all that. But we are going to ask the rest of the questions uh, from Instagram over on Twitch. So if your question didn't get answered, you, you should have been at the stream, you know, yeah, then you would you know. get here. But that's on you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us where everybody can find you uh, on the Internet, where everybody can listen to you, uh, check out when those concert dates are posted near their city or just reach out to, to help you get a booking in their area. Certainly. Um, so just areas that I'm looking for right now are Montana, uh, St. Louis, uh, Nebraska and. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Everywhere else is covered. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, in South Carolina, those are the four. Those are the four areas that I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, you could find me under A Day Without Love on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, the whole nine. Uh, I'm on Spotify. If you want to get, you know, laugh cuts of the record, you can pre-order your mom records or a day without love.bandcamp.com got plenty of merch i've got prints of the album art uh available on my website adaywithoutlove.com uh and i will be announcing more show dates via instagram twitter tiktok and my website i'll be updating my bands in town slash song kit so keep your emails open or subscribe <laughs> to my email list and uh everything's under a day without love so yeah <laughs> so you don't need pr you just did it all yourself yeah, it's, see? it's like it's hey, perfect I'm doing yeah the best. thank you <laughs> You're you're one of the only bands that we've had on that has promoted their website, like not just their yeah their Instagram or has or, a website. It's very or, few and far. I feel yeah yeah. So go to yeah. websites, people. Like just check out a a website, a yeah. whole website. <laughs> you can make them. <laughs> now now it's our ad toss to Squarespace. God, I wish, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Squarespace looks like <laughs> okay. Never mind. Do you have an idea or no? Uh, so we are going to continue chatting over on Twitch. Uh, we'll answer the rest of these questions from Instagram. Uh, but if you are listening to this and you haven't checked out any of the music, the then you know this is your chance. This is your time. This is your opportunity. Uh, this we're, we're we're recording this a little bit earlier than the release of Show Friends. But if you're listening to this and Show Friends is out. A thousand streams. Yeah, we, you should already we, be listening to it. Yeah, thousand streams per person, which means you a know million. we're gonna get you that two thousand dollars a month, so you can just or, uh, buy PR. Buy a know. whole PR. 
You can buy just a PR firm. That would be yeah. amazing. You're gonna be. Yeah. Oh God. No, we're, Yikes. You're gonna be a company owner all of a sudden. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be like, hey, yeah, Walker Sands, be... come over here, right now. <laughs> that would be a lot. Uh, I went from wanting support in getting my music into ears to having responsibility. This sucks. Listen, or <laughs> yeah, that, that's or that's you can buy the penguins to listen to your music Ooh, in Antarctica. Shit. This is all, it's all for the penguins. That's that's why I play music. Yep. Uh, okay, let's continue talking over on Twitch. Uh, but for the recording, uh, Brian, weird saying my own name out loud. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks, dude. Anytime, anytime. Okay, everybody, hope you enjoyed that episode and you found it insightful, you know, and if you're in the music industry or doing whatever you're doing, don't be afraid to ask for help because people should help you. And if they're going to charge you for something for DIY services, that's sketchy. Don't do it. Anyway, guys, so just another week or two of just me, my voice doing this. Uh, Brian should be back unless, you know, he fights a fish and he gets arrested for fighting fish in Tahiti. I don't know. That's what he texted me, hoping for the best. All right, guys. Well, we will TTYL. I'm Lizzie of the Emo Social Club. Bye. First day. It sounds like something Diet Skeet David Samuel would say. We can't believe that's your brand. I don't know. I think Diet Skeet Davison is pretty on par. Everyone's going to have to vote in a poll later about it. <laughs>